Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Aaron Shafawalif, my colleague at MRM. We're looking at a conference message that was given in April of 2023, a talk by a man by the name of Alan D. Haney. The title of his message was A Living Prophet for the Latter Days. And Mr. Haney says some things that caught our attention because he seems to be admitting that there are times when Latter-day prophets within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints probably shouldn't be believed. And one of the things he's going to do is, is really nothing new. He's going to separate what leaders of the past in the LDS Church have said compared to what modern LDS leaders are saying now. More specifically, the prophet of the church, the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This can become very confusing because the LDS Church has long told its members that there's no way that God will ever lead the membership astray. That if that were to even happen, that God would take out the leader. The specifics of that are not really given, but we can assume when you use the phrase take out, it sounds like either they're going to be exposed as a fraud or maybe even die in the process, which I find kind of interesting, Aaron, because Joseph Smith taught some blasphemous statements about God, and then right afterward, he he's killed. And you might think, okay, well, I'm going to go with what you said. Then why would you think I would not make a connection here? And we're not even talking about the King Fault Discourse, so that that is blasphemous. We're talking even more immediately about the Sermon in the Grove, mm -hmm. where he talked that the Father had a father. He died shortly after that sermon. And it's interesting how Latter-day Saints don't normally connect those two events. But let's go back to what Mr. Haney has to say. And we left off in yesterday's show talking about a statement by Russell M. Nelson, the 17th president of the church, who Haney says has testified that God's long-established pattern of teaching his children through prophets assures us that he will bless each prophet and that he will bless those who heed prophetic counsel. And in yesterday's show, I brought up the question, does that mean that God blessed Brigham Young when he taught that Adam was God. Now, now few Latter-day Saints would argue that that is a true statement or a true understanding as was taught by Brigham Young back in 1852. But according to Haney, he says, so the key is to follow the living prophet. So you follow the living prophet as opposed to perhaps not following the dead prophet. This is, this is the guideline that Mr. Haney has given. He goes on to say, brothers and sisters, unlike vintage comic books and classic cars, prophetic teachings do not become more valuable with age. That is why we should not seek to use the words of past prophets to dismiss the teachings of living prophets. Mm. Now, where is he going with this? Because you would think, and I, we've made this statement several times so far this week, that if they're getting their information from the same source, why is such a warning 
needed to be given to Latter-day Saints. I certainly don't look at it when I look at the comments of Ezekiel as opposed to another Old Testament prophet. I don't use the doctrine of abrogation to decide which one I should believe and which one should not be believed. And really, this is what this is. This is the doctrine of abrogation. The later supersedes the previous. Yeah, you'll find it really interesting in the Christian community. You'll never hear us saying, well, that was just Isaiah. Or, huh, yeah, that's just Moses. We, we, don't, we don't dismiss our prophets and their words as though they're, they're crazy or they're spoiled milk or they're the part of the buffet that you shouldn't take. We have a very high view of prophets. As evangelicals, we want to uphold the standard that when God inspires, when he superintends the words of a prophet, of a true prophet, he is kept, he is uh, protected from ever publicly teaching false doctrine about God or the gospel. When Samuel was rising as a prophet, the Bible says that the Lord let none of his words fall to the ground. And it's interesting that Latter-day Saints, at least initially, they start with a very high view of prophets and they want to at least believe that the modern prophet, when he's publicly speaking, is speaking reliable words that should be taken with the force of prophetic counsel. In light of what you're saying there, Aaron, I, I think we go back to the fact that Mr. Haney seems to understand at least some of his own history. He knows that there are embarrassing moments in their history that perhaps some of these embarrassing moments are being brought up by some members and it's causing them some concern, which I think they should. We've mentioned the one, of course, being the Adam God doctrine. I will not play the game and call it the Adam-God theory because Brigham Young never said it was a theory. He called it a doctrine in the same speech in which he gave it in April of 1852. But there was another doctrine that was a part of the LDS church, and that was a doctrine that prevented those of African heritage from holding the priesthood. Now, think about this. For much of its history, if you had as Mormon Apostle Mark Peterson said, one drop of Negro blood, and that was his phrase, you were not allowed to hold this very important office in the LDS Church. You weren't even allowed to participate in the same ceremonies that your counterparts in the LDS Church were allowed to participate in. And for many years, members of Black Heritage were banned from those benefits and no doubt looked down upon by many other members. They may have been criticized for doing that, but you would think a doctrine like that would almost invite that kind of looking down their nose at fellow members who were not able to participate in the same ceremonies. Then in 1978, the LDS Church reversed its position. And here's what they do. Something that was called a doctrine for many years, and this can be proven that it was a doctrine. There's even a First Presidency statement calling it a doctrine. Other leaders called it a doctrine. Now, in 1978, since you can't reverse doctrine, they don't even call it a policy. Now the LDS Church treats it as if, well, we don't know why blacks couldn't hold the priesthood for all these years. We have no reason whatsoever. They don't even give it the legitimacy of a policy any longer. And that, you would think, would cause a lot of members of African heritage to wonder, what's going on here? It's almost like they're getting dissed all over again. And yet, that did 
change in 1978. Now, Bruce McConkie, he was a Mormon apostle. He died in 1985, April 19th, 1985. Bruce McConkie was very outspoken on this subject of blacks holding the priesthood. In fact, McConkie was outspoken on a lot of things. In mm-hmm. fact, we, we miss Bruce McConkie because of his he was, bluntness. He was so direct. Yes. But he comments on this, and this is in a book called Sermons and Writings of Bruce R. McConkie. I'm quoting from pages 164 and 165. There are statements, he says, in our literature by the early brethren that we have interpreted to mean that the Negroes would not receive the priesthood in mortality. I have said the same things, and people write me letters and say, you said such and such, and how is it now that we do such and such? All I can say is that it is time disbelieving people repented and got in line and believed in a living modern prophet. Forget everything that I have said or what President Brigham Young or President George Q. Cannon or whoever has said in days past that is contrary to the present revelation. We spoke with a limited understanding and without the light and knowledge that now has come into the world." End quote. That's an amazing admission on the part of Bruce McConkie. He said, we spoke with a limited understanding. Well, if that was true back then in the 1970s, could it not be true now in the 21st century? Bruce McConkie here is putting into practice this belief that Brigham Young taught, as we previously noted, that the living prophet takes precedence over the standard works and over the words of previous prophets. This is something that gets perpetuated in a set of teachings by Ezra Taft Benson called the 14 Fundamentals, which later gets perpetuated in General Conference, even recently. The basic idea is that the living prophet takes precedence over the standard works and that a living prophet is more important with respect to his teaching. He takes precedence over any dead prophets. The idea here is that the words of a dead prophet become dead, that they become inert. Uh, that the the words, even the ins- divinely inspired words of a that were once said by a dead prophet, no longer have the same force or authority or freshness. For Christians, this is very concerning, because when God inspires a word by a prophet, well, God's word reflects attributes of God. His word is inerrant because God was without error. His word continues to be authoritative because God is authoritative. His word is living and active. Mormon prophets end up treating the words of God as kind of dissipating words. You know, there's good analogies here. The Bible says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And the Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Jesus says that. So uh, the, the word of God is living and active. Jesus says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. We look at scripture as something to be inevitably fulfilled and perpetually authoritative. We look back to the Old Testament scripture because it continues to be encouraging. Whereas in Mormonism, the words of prophets end up being more like old windows that no longer insulate the house. They're like blades of grass that get cut or that need to be replaced with sod. The words of Mormon prophets are like the filter in your furnace. You have to take them out and you have to put a new one in. It's dusty. It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't filter the air as well anymore. The words of Mormon prophets are more like milk 
than a fine wine. I've talked about this parable as though you're staying at the house of a, a Mormon host and you're invited into the kitchen to take whatever you need or want, but you reach your hand into the fridge and you take a jug of milk called Brigham Young and the host says, oh, no, 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 do not drink that. That's terrible milk. Uh, we have something fresher. And so you say, well, do you want me to pour this jug out and get rid of it? No, you can keep it in the fridge. It's just not something we'd like to drink. You ask, well, should I pour it out? And the Latter-day Saint is reluctant to pour it out or get rid of Brigham Young entirely because they have to have this chain going clear back to the beginning. And if you get rid of Brigham Young, you break that chain. So you have to keep his name at least in the lineup, even though you don't want him to bat. This is unfortunately very confusing for not only us looking on the outside in, but you can imagine how confusing it might be to some Latter-day Saints that are trying to figure this out. What I think is interesting, though, and I want to say this very quickly before we close, what McConkie did in this comment, though, is who gets blamed for raising the question about this big change regarding blacks holding the priesthood? What does McConkie say? All I can say is that it is time disbelieving people repented and got in line and believed in the living modern prophet. Forget everything that I have said. Who gets in trouble? The person that raises the question. Who doesn't repent? The people who taught these horrible things. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.